Hello, everybody. On tonight's episode of Backseat Quarterback, Steven and I go over all the super wildcard weekend action. Uh, There's only a few good games, uh, two to be exact. The other three so far have been kind of bad blowouts, and we have one more tomorrow, Monday night. Excited for that one. I've, I've, I have a feeling that'll be a good one. Close division rivalry, Rams-Cardinals. But uh, we go over everything that happened in the games that have already been played, and the losing teams, where do they go from there? Or uh, from here would be the better better term. That is how this episode is formatted, and uh, I think it was a really good episode. Steve and I uh, cranked this one out. Benny, back in, uh, back in gambling rehab, but uh, we hope to have him on the Prediction Podcast. And so, okay, without further ado, I don't need to do this intro long. There was only five games so far, so we do all that, and... Uh, Let's get right into it. Here is Steven the Goat. Hello, Steve. How are you doing, my friend? Good, good. Uh, Benny, Benny, how are you doing? Uh, uh, here's the thing. Uh, important podcast announcement here on Backseat Quarterbacks. Benny is back in rehab. Okay, they caught him betting during the last episode, and they, they yanked him in. He's in the uh, Hannibal Lecter uh, restraints. He has a muzzle on his face, so he can't, it, it's a, a audio muzzle, so he can't speak his bets into Siri and uh, try to get them in. So uh, Benny will hopefully be back next week to pick the uh, divisional round. Have no fear. I've kept track of his picks, and uh, I'm just going to give you an update on Benny's, okay? If you listen to the last episode, you you can follow them all. But Benny, uh, as you know, we pick against the spread here on Backseat Quarterbacks. Benny is 0-5 headed into Monday night. The clean sweep is within reach. He picked the Rams. I picked the Rams. Steve picked the Rams. So if uh, if the Rams end up not covering four, uh, we will all get an additional loss. But Benny will have the perfecto, the, perfecto, the uh, reverse perfecto, the 0-6, which is probably going to happen because it's uh, Benny. And as you know, his crippling gambling addiction has led him into, uh, into extreme rehab. And uh, we hope to have him back on Sunday. And mm, don't tempt him. Don't tempt him to bet. The man has the worst time management skills of anybody I've ever met in my life. And I uh, don't know how he functions in society, but we are here. Steve is here. The trusty steed as I like to call him. And we're going to talk some wild, super wild card weekend. How about that? Super this, wild card. Uh, I would say there were six games over the last two days. A lot of football. I love it. A lot of betting. And only two of them were actually Good game. Steve said one. I, I'm going to throw in the Raiders and the Bengals. It came down to the last play. Derek Carr. You, it's such. It's like clockwork. But let's start with Big Ben's retirement party that just concluded about half an hour ago. Um, three weeks late. I feel like right. We all felt like <laughs> his retirement was again against the Browns. We talked about it ad nauseum about how like how it was pretty cool that that they won that game the way they did. And uh, he had a terrible game, but it was pretty emotional. And it made me think about how I'm going to be when, uh, when uh, Tom retires, hopefully no time soon. But that game... You got a few years. You got a few years. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. I, I, I'm not going to get into it again until we, we talk about it. Um, the Chiefs throttled the Steelers 42-21, came out really sloppy and slow. Mahomes threw a pick. Uh, there was a wildcat play. I'm going to just say this. Unless you're at the goal line, the Chiefs should probably stop using any Wildcat as long as Mahomes is their QB. That's just my uh, my take on it. He should he should get the ball every single snap and drop back, and they shouldn't be messing around with that. Uh, the first touchdown was a strip on I think it was Hardman or um, or McKinnon somebody that TJ Watt scooped and scored. 
went up 7-0. And uh, everybody that had the Chiefs minus 12 or the Chiefs minus 6.5 in a tease, which was pretty much every better in America, uh, was collectively holding their breath and thinking this could be an upset. Have no fear, Mahomes and Andy Reid said. Uh, they went on to score 42 or more like uh, 35 unanswered points. I think it was 35 unanswered points before the Steelers found the end zone again. They ended up winning at 42-21. Uh, very boring game, sadly. I actually had kind of high hopes. I thought, I thought that this would be a little closer. Um, however, it wasn't. Big Ben, his farewell game probably was 29 for 44, 215 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks. The um, big caveat here is most of that happened when the game was 35 to seven and in non-garbage time, he was just utterly terrible. He had at 1.14 dropbacks and 13 passing yards. Uh, Najee Harris had his first fumble of the season in opportune time to fumble the ball for the first time on a great rookie campaign. And yeah, that's about enough of the Steelers. Um, I'll let you get it in one sec, Steve. I'm just the overall description. Mahomes, 30 for 39, 400 yards, five touchdowns, that early pick. Travis Kelsey also threw a touchdown. Congratulations, Travis. Um, they're going to get Clyde back next week, and they go to the Buff- and they go to the Bills, which is going to be a doozy. That's probably the most anticipated game next weekend, I think a lot of people would, would say. So takeaways from this game, do you have any, Steve? If so, what are they? Uh, no, I think what made this actually the most boring game is besides the early game and the first touchdown, this game basically played out how everyone thought it was going to play out. There was really nothing crazy. And like what you're saying, they don't they don't need to win the Wildcat when you have literally the most explosive and athletic quarterback really at your disposal. You don't the Wildcats for bad teams to try to trick people into <laughs> getting touchdowns, not good teams. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um. Okay, so what we're going to do for each of these games for the teams that are eliminated is say, where do they go from here? I feel like that's, if not, it's going to be six, six, um, six, six, uh, 15 minute podcast. Um, Steelers are actually an interesting one. I have no clue what they're going to do. Big Ben's probably gone. I doubt they roll with Mason Rudolph, right? I don't think that's an option. It's worse somehow. If it was an option, you should have played in this game because early on, Big Ben, Jesus. then they have Dwayne Haskins, I think. Don't know how he would fit in. The the a lot of people are the rumblings, I should say, are uh, that they're either going to draft Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh or go after an established veteran. Um, a lot of people think that Rodgers might be in play here, or Wilson, or a quarterback still in the playoffs, Jimmy G. Um, I know Pittsburgh fans; they don't really want Jimmy G. Um, well. I would say that's probably a huge upgrade on a roster that's actually well built to win now. Uh, we've seen Jimmy play in a Super Bowl. We've seen Jimmy just win a playoff game today. He's beat he's beat Aaron Rodgers in a in a uh, conference championship. I don't think Jimmy's a bad quarterback. And uh, really, you could take a steaming piece of dog shit, and that would be better than what Big Ben gave to you most of this season. Um, it's also insane to me how quick the arm goes. I. Uh, I think we might've talked about this before, but like that last Peyton Manning year, if you look at his stats the year, the year before they were good. Very good. Yeah. Like all time. Yeah. He had one of his better, he had one of his better seasons. And then that the next year, just boom, just came to a halt. And big Ben, it was um, last year. It looked a little bad at the end. Um, But this year from the get go, it was just, 
Yeah. Nope. Yeah. It's done. And so anything's an upgrade over that, except for, I guess, Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins who are on yeah. the run <laughs> who could have played, but and we saw it even with Eli his last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no arm either. And so what it just, it seems to hit him. It seems like you see it at the tail end of the last season and then just carries over and they get they're just done for. It doesn't come back. One year too long, Big Ben stayed, I think. I think that that uh, that game last year against the Browns should have been it. <laughs> the playoff game where they went down like 28-0 in the first quarter and then made a little comeback. But yeah, yeah. last was I think this late. one's a little little better send-off. Yeah, at least he won his last home game, got him to got his team into the playoffs. I have no clue how the Steelers went uh nine and seven. No clue. But uh yeah, that's kind of my thought process. I think you have one of the upper echelon defensive players. He probably won defensive player of the year in TJ Watt. You have a good line around him. Uh, Devin Bush will be back next year. He's a great linebacker. Megan Fitzpatrick, one of the better safeties. Pretty good corners. Uh, you have Deontay Johnson, James Washington, uh, Claypool. I think Juju will probably be gone. But Najee Harris is obviously a bright spot. The offensive line has some work to do, but it's not bad. And I, I think this is a roster that in the AFC North, you're going to have battles the next 10 years, right? You just need to get the quarterback position settled away. And uh, in that division, you're going to have Lamar, of course, Joey Smokes, whoever Pittsburgh is, and then whoever the Browns bring bring in, if it's not going to be Baker. I think they're going to run Baker back one more time. But if not, you know, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's a trade piece that keeps getting dangled over everyone. So I would not be surprised if, if the Steelers are in on him, if the Browns are in on, on him. Uh, a lot more teams than just those two, by the way. Yeah, because yeah, the Broncos get brought up a lot, but I would say – the Steelers are in the same position, but are more established. Like they've at least shown they can do stuff with even with a bad quarterback. So I don't know yeah, why Mike the Steelers. Tomlin's a, Mike Tomlin's an amazing coach. I, yeah, I, 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 he's actually probably the most underrated coach in in our era of watching football. I was watching. Um, I was talking to somebody today about it was during the the Bucks game, and uh, Brady was talking shit to somebody, and I, it made me remember when. Um, Anthony Smith, I think, was the DB for the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, it was Anthony Smith in 2007. He said he was going to shut Brady down, and uh, Brady, Brady, like, had one of his better games in the 20 into the, the 2007 year was like the historical one. He threw four touchdowns, like 400 yards, and a lot of it was on him because he covered Randy Moss. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because at the start of the highlight that I found, it was a young Mike Tomlin coaching, and he looked, and it's insane that it, that was you know 15 years, 14 years ago, and he's uh. He hasn't had a under 500 years since, which is uh, pretty spectacular. I think he's, I think he's a de- definite Hall of Famer, but that probably goes without saying. Um, yeah, the Steelers don't know where they go, but it's <laughs> I could go down, but it's probably up from here with that. Yeah, I mean, you see that with some teams too; they lose their veteran quarterback and they aren't able to find someone. And then if they don't get one of those perennial like top three guys, like that are going to be free agents or trade bait. They're probably going to go down. Uh, yeah, I would agree. That defense um, is – unfortunately, defense can't carry you anymore in today's NFL. Yeah, you need at least – and their defense on advanced metrics was actually kind of middle of the pack this year. They just had outstanding play from TJ Watt. Uh, but they have Watt back, of course. They have – let me see who's back. 2023. Is that uh, – Because they have probably one of the best, like, young receiving cores in the NFL – like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, Washington Johnson. Yeah, they're gonna have they're gonna have Watt back, Cam Hayward back. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, all basically, I think they're gonna have Juju back. Actually, 
Yeah, they have yeah. they aren't losing many people in free agency actually. So it not nobody like that impactful it looks like, and they have quite a bit of money that they're going to be able to um, that they're going to be able to. Oh, they have okay, sorry, they have estimated cap space. I think they have a hundred million dollars in yeah. cap for for this off season, Which, if that's true, um, that seems way too high. One sec, am I screwing this? I think they have a lot of young guys. Like they're they're also an under team that's really good at drafting as well. Besides, like Minka, like they traded for him, but he was well worth what they traded for him. I think they have forty four million in cap space. That's- that's still a, still a lot. Yeah, they that's a have. lot to be able to 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 be able to maneuver around, and um, I do think that they're going to make some moves. They're definitely going to be in play. So, um, good luck. Have an have a happy off season. Bye yeah. bye, Big Ben. And then the Chiefs, of course, take on the Bills to, uh, next week. Can't wait for that. We're going to talk about game. that more in the preview. <laughs> it might be game of the year if it lives up to expectations. If the Bills lose that game, I you know I we're not previewing it. I'm just going to say I hate both these teams. These are two of my the teams I hate the most. The Bills, after beating the Patriots, we're about to talk about that in a little bit. They played We Are the Champions. Josh Allen did a victory lap. It's like, uh, that is not a good omen, okay? When teams win yeah. teams. When you're playing, not based on seeds, but the team I wouldn't want to play in the AFC. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, okay, we'll see. Yeah. Okay, let's do the two good games and then the – and then the blowouts, the blowouts galore that we had, which we just talked about one of the blowouts. So we got four, five left. Uh, 49ers Cowboys, the mid afternoon game. This was probably the best matchup coming in. This or the this or the game tomorrow, I think, are the two two better matchups. So we we still have a game left. I can't I can't wait. Yeah, I keep forgetting this a Monday game. Mm-hmm. And anyways, in this game, you know, most of the talk is going to be about the officiating, especially at the end. I kind of find that a little me the ref hater and i do hate the refs and i think that they were you know that that end of game thing was pretty bad but it's not the reason the cowboys lost <clears throat> they kind of dug themselves a grave at the start they let the san fran go up uh 10-0 then 16-7 um never really had any momentum until the very very end uh this game played out exactly how the the 49ers would have wanted not getting in a sprint just long meticulous drives you have Jimmy G, uh, not a great, not a good game, not a great game. Uh, 16 of 25, 170 yards, zero touchdowns, one pick, almost through a couple more. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, really good on the ground. Debo Samuel, the cheat code, uh, as we said, 22 Debos, 22 Derrick Henrys. Let's see it go. Let's see it happen. Uh, and the defense played well. And the pass rush got home. And Robbie Gold, one of the best clutch playoff kickers in the history of the game, probably – uh, probably only second to Vinatieri. I would, I think Vinatieri is is in his class of his own. Maybe Justin Tucker. He's always up there. But Robbie Gold has not missed a playoff kick. Uh, and then on the flip side, you have the Cowboys. Dak had was twenty three for forty three, two hundred and fifty yards, one tutty, one pick. Zeke non factor in the run game. Uh, geez, two point six yards per carry. <sighs> C D Lamb one catch. It's it was it was a gloom and it came down to the final play though where um, obviously everybody that's listening to this I assumed watched this game but where they get the ball back on a free that whole last drive the San San Francisco had was crazy then they punt the ball back they get the ball at the twenty yard line San Fran plays no defense does not protect the edges at all uh, Dallas has 
zero timeouts and like a minute 10 to go. And they just keep letting them drive down out of bounds, out of bounds, out of bounds. And then there's like 30 seconds to go. Um, no, there's 14 seconds to go on like the 30 yard line. And instead of going for the end zone, they, uh, I guess Dak called this. I was saying Kellen Moore should be get the blame, but I guess Dak was the one that made the call. Uh, Dak does a uh, QB design run with 14 seconds left, zero timeouts, gets like 15 yards, and then uh, the ref has to spot the ball. And they the Cowboys don't know this. He hikes it with two seconds, spikes it, game's over. And everybody's blaming the refs for that, which is which is fine. I mean, but I think that's actually the right thing that the refs are supposed to do. They're, they, they're the ones that have to set the ball. Uh, it's not their fault that Dak made a boneheaded play to run it there. And then of course the game's over. Now, my question to you, Steve, is do you think that extra 15 yards on the Dak rush improved their win probability from if they would have just taken two end zone shots from the 35 yard line? Uh, no, just based on just that, it's, that's not going to help them. And, and I really don't like the idea of one play or like one mistake by the ref cost in the game <laughs> that's that's such a cop-out answer oh yeah and, it, and uh, sorry it, keep going. yeah it's just it's like there's so many other factors it's like well first off they gave up five sacks if you look at the penalties and yards they're they're not close but obviously like a lot of those penalties were given but that one thing you can't spot the ball like everyone knows that like if i feel like if your job is a quarterback you know that you have to wait for them to spot the ball and you should know how the runoff timer works as well. So, yeah, and you're right that blaming one call is, is stupid. I agree. Uh, Dallas had 14 penalties this game, and it's not like they were. Nobody was complaining about the penalties, but as they were called, right? It's at the end they're like, look yeah. at how many penalties they have. But yeah. all the penalties were justified. Uh, Randy Gregory had, uh, I think, three penalties this game, including the very first snap of the game. He was offsides uh, on a very important uh in like two minute thing at the i think it was second down there they he tackles the left guard which is defensive holding you never see defensive holding on a on a uh, running play but it was so blatant he grabbed this left guard and just slammed him into the ground and it's like no reason for that uh it's just the this dallas team right we're gonna we're gonna do this with each team that lost san fran goes on to play the 40 or the the packers next week i like san fran there i'm just gonna be open about that i'm probably gonna pick them um san fran shanahan versus lafleur i like shanahan there even though lafleur has the great winning percentage i think shanahan knows him very well he's from his tree and, and i'm excited for that but the cowboys this is the interesting one where do they go what are they gonna do um, what would you, what would your, what would your guess be your best guess, Steve? Yeah, this is one of the teams where it's like, they're not missing anything. This is a team that's talented on both sides of the ball. And it's like, how do you make this team better? This is a team that underperforms every year. Um, in the same vein as like the chargers where they have the lineup, they have all the players, they have a quarterback, they have a running back, they have great wide receivers. They have, maybe they can use some cornerback help, but like besides that, like they their team's pretty solid. They should be a Super Bowl contender every year. How do you how do you fix a team that should be good but is never good? That's the thing. Um of course the the scapegoat will is going to be almost certainly the coaching staff, uh, at least Mike McCarthy. Um I think if Kellen Moore called that design run that's fireable in my honest opinion now i don't know if that will be 
if he'll get fired, but I would fire him for if he called that just because I, uh, you know, I feel like that's, come on, you can't call that. But um, this is a team that doesn't have any cap room going into next year. Uh, Dak's contract, I think, kicks in next year. Yeah, he has a $34 million cap hit next year. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, $27 million. Cooper, $22 million. Zach Martin, $20 million. Tyron Smith, $17 million. I think you can cut him, but uh, I don't know if, yeah, you could cut him which would be probably the way they have to go, which means they need to t- tackle, get rid of Zeke, obviously, and Anthony Brown. Uh, you're right. How do you improve a team that already has all the pieces? They have a top five roster. They've been bounced the last two years um, when they've had clearly a better team. And it makes no sense to me. And the easy thing is to blame coaching, but the players didn't show up either. Dak had one throw today, two throws. The touchdown to Cooper was a beautiful ball. And then on fourth down, um, when they were going to try to win it, uh, he threw a pass off his back foot to Cedric Wilson that hit him in the hands. He probably should have caught that. It's a hard, it was a hard play, but that was a really good pass, I thought, especially in the circumstances. Now, everything else, though, was very mediocre from Dak. Zeke is totally washed up as far as I'm concerned. I feel like him and Saquon are just um, two sides of the, of the same coin where – it's, um, it's unbelievable how fast they've fallen off with, from, from how their peaks were, especially in their, their first year, first and second year. Uh, as for corner, I think you're right. Anthony Brown is not a good number two corner. I actually don't think Trayvon Diggs is that good either, which is wild because he is first team all pro. Yeah. I think you see his highlight tape and it looks like he's the, the second coming of Deion yeah. Sanders, but then you actually watch him play and it's like, QBs love having a corner like that yeah. on the field. And I don't like the the point that people bring. They're like, well, he gets burned because he's the, he covers the number one wide receiver. It's like, well, the best corners shut down the number one wide receiver or you draw schemes to help them yeah. <laughs> shut down the number one wide receiver. Just because yeah. he's a ball hawk does not make him good. Like, if, if you look at the Cowboys fans after they got announced, he's like, oh, look. But like, like that, those kind of players aren't going to help you in the playoffs. You're just going to get torched. Like and you're just lucky you played a team that doesn't that doesn't rely on the pass, or else you probably would have got super exposed on this game too. Yep, exactly. Uh, it's it's just unbelievable that I don't. Th- he's really overrated, and then people that actually are critical of him are probably underrating him a little. I think he's a mixture of both. I think yeah, he is exactly. No, he's still he's still like a top guy, but he's not the clear cut like. He reminds me of Marcus think. Peters. That's who he reminds me of. Who is also a ball hawk makes amazing plays, but really tries to jump routes a lot, way too much. And double moves kill people like this. And I, there was one play here where Brandon Ayuk ran a beautiful cross uh, cross go on him, and he bit the cross, and it was just – it was it embarrassed him. It was an embarrassing play play for, uh, for Diggs. But not, I don't want to make a hate train on him. It's just I don't know where this team goes. It's going to be a new coach. I'm almost sure uh, – um, Jerry will fire McCarthy with his post-game comments. But if they don't knock it out of the park with their next hire, and if their next hire is just Dan Quinn elevating him to the co- head coach or um, or uh, Kellen Moore, I don't think that does it because that's your, that's already your play callers. You need to bring in somebody that's going to revitalize this franchise. I would look for um, a bevy of names. I don't know if you want to dip back into uh, college and go for Harbaugh. I think that would be a good hire. 
Uh, I know a lot of everybody's going to say Brian Flores for every single job because he probably was wrongfully fired is, is what people's feelings are. Um, I'm not sure they need a defensive guy. I don't think that that's really what they need there. Although um, because Dan Quinn, right. Dan Quinn controls that defense. I think you want to bring in an offensive guy first and foremost, but yeah, as far as, as far as personnel goes, I think their team is a top five, top, top six roster, which is good enough to win a Super Bowl. It's just hasn't, it has not translated to any success in the postseason. And I do think some of that is uh, in large part due to the fact that they really don't play that hard of a schedule because of how terrible their division is. Although they had two playoff teams this year, but they really got, you know, six games against. Well, the Eagles might've benefited a little bit from that too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very, very true. But the, the Cowboys have six games against very bad teams and um, it's cool that they got those, they get those wins. Um, and they're, you know, close to vision rivalry and everything Benny would say, but they aren't challenged enough. I feel like in the regular season and this game, the reason everybody was on the 49ers and I include why I was on the 49ers is kind of for the reason that you see the teams that they've beat the crap out of in the Cowboys. And it's like, wow, where's the good teams here? And you don't really find many, especially in the last three months of the season. Whereas the 49ers have been playing everybody close, beating very good teams. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh, I was, I, I didn't think they, I didn't think the 49ers would uh, dominate this game the way they did, but the fact that they did, you know, is kind of concerning for Dallas. Cause I don't know. I don't know where they're, where they're going to improve. Now I will say a fun fact for non-Cowboys fans. I couldn't believe when I read this, 13 out of 16 NFC teams have made the NFC championship game at least twice since the Cowboys last made it back in the mid nineties, 13 out of 16 NFC teams have made the championship game at least two times since the Cowboys last made that. Can you believe that? That's a wild stat actually. And it's even more than that. This is the AFC. Now the Jaguars and jets have been to multiple conference championship games since the Cowboys last went to one. It's insane. The, the parody in the NFL is outstanding. It's, that's why it's the greatest sport in the world, the greatest league in the world to me. But um, the Cowboys have had so much talent over the past decade. And to have this many flameouts is just, it's got to be, it's got to be some of the most disappointing stuff in all of sports because this is a team that should be in contention. Now, you don't have to win the Super Bowl, right? I would, some people would say Super Bowl or bust with, for their teams, but I think the metric of success here is getting to the conference championship at least, right? Win a playoff game at least. Don't get one and done uh, so many years in, in, in a row. And you have Dak, who's great. I, I'm, it's just bamboozling. It's bamboozling, and I, I wonder where they go. So that's my, that's my final take on them. No, yeah, no, I agree. Okie dokie. Um, the blowouts. Or no, sorry. Raiders, Bengals. This is a good one. Um, let me bring this up. I'm scattering a little bit. Who's your Get favorite back. scatter? Jason Mraz? Is it <laughs> well, who's your favorite shitter? Is a, is a question. <laughs> Scat. Uh, uh, skitty bop. Okay. So this game, another odd one that a lot of people are blaming on the, on the refs. The refs did not have a very good weekend is per usual. I cannot believe some of the, these crews are supposed to be the best refs in, uh, in football. Now I will say this today, Sunday, there was zero defensive pass interferences called all game or all day, which is impressive because either they missed them all 
or they let them play a little bit, which I'm fine with either. I don't like yeah. bailout uh, DPIs unless it benefits my team, of course. Of course so yeah. in this game, this was the early game on Saturday. I woke up. I was ready. I really believed in the Bengals here. Uh, I also had another tease with the, with the Raiders uh, plus 11 and a half. So I middled it. I hit them both. Everything I bet on this weekend was combined with the Bucks. Uh, so thank the Lord that Tom Brady did the Lord's work. But um, here's how this game went down, basically, for a little recap. Uh, since he came out to a big lead, Vegas made a shitload of mistakes, including uh, where they could have got the ball at the 40-yard line on a kickoff, but instead uh, Peyton Barber uh, touched it inbounds at the two-yard line. So they started a drive instead of the 40 at the two, losing 38 yards there on a mistake that a third-string running back made. Good job. Um, Derek Carr ended up playing pretty good until, uh, until the last pass. Uh, he ended up going tw- 30 for 54, 300 yards, a touchdown, and a last play pick. Josh Jacobs ran pretty hard. Um, all, the, the receivers were okay. Derek Carr dropped a, or had a fumble, a bad fumble, lost it. But uh, the real story of this game is Joe Burrow and the emergence of Joey Smokes and Jamar Chase. <clears throat> and this being probably already a top five duo in, in the NFL. And we throw out these things way too early where it's all like, and I do this myself, right? So I'm, I'm, t- I'm taking blame here where I'm like, this is the top five, top five, all these, all this stuff and rank them way too high. I think Burrow and Jamar Chase are going to be the best receiver quarterback deal in the NFL um, going into the, going into the mid 2020s. Okay. And you see it this year. So uh, Burrow, two touchdowns, zero picks, 24 for 34, 244 yards. Jamar Chase, nine catches, 116 yards. Did you know, Stephen, that Joe Burrow this season led the league in completion percentage and he led the league in yards per attempt which that's the first time it's ever been done that is very impressive he did that the same stuff at lsu um that broke the records in in college those those were broken the next year by uh my crown prince mac jones but it was still very impressive that he 70 70.3 8.9 yards per attempt and uh 34 touchdowns 14 picks this season but he's been on fire the last five weeks and they go to Tennessee next week. Um, chance, chance of an upset, chance of an upset. So I think the AFC is because we, we don't know the outcome of the next game, but if I only had to watch two games, the AFC or the NFC, I think I would draw to the AFC for sure. Really? Yeah. I choose, this... I, I choose the NFC just because. Of well, that. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And also yeah. got, you got 49ers uh, Packers, you know, I'm, that's a good one. I think these matchups are all good. I'm very excited. I think next yeah. week is the best weekend in football. I, I think that's, yeah, the only thing that's super wild card weekend is I, I think each team, each AFC and NFC both had one team in there that I could deal without watching. Yep. Both teams from Pennsylvania. Yep. <laughs> uh, as we said, do you want to go back into ranking top Pennsylvanians after, after that? After that? <laughs> I think we got uh, them all. Now, some good ones. Um, but okay, takeaways here Joe Burrow is really fucking good. Jamar Chase is amazing. This seems really young. Uh, I don't know what their ceiling is this year. I really believe that they can beat anybody, but I wouldn't be surprised if they uh 
if they have a if they have a down down game against against Tennessee. This was their first playoff win, Cincinnati, since 1991. Before uh, we were born. Yes. <laughs> that is one of the longest droughts in all of sports. I think now the team with the longest drought might be the Mariners in all of the, the major professional sports. It might be. I'm not sure. But I think I would not. it would not surprise me if they're now in the driver's seat. It's got to be someone like them or the, or the Lions, right? That's, like, that's the two that come to mind right off the rip. I think the Lions got one, though. Did they not? Did Stafford never Just, win one with the Lions? I don't think he did. Okay, then it's probably the Lions. Um, oh, the Troy Lions are now wait, light, longest playoff win drought in the NFL, at least. What year was the last one? Uh, Detroit wasn't one of playoff games since being the Dallas Cowboys in 1992. Okay, yep. That is a little longer than the Mariners. The Mariners have won, I think, in 2001. They won some playoff. Yeah. Uh, they didn't win it at all. Well, they don't two wins, but uh, okay. I, I don't know if the Bengals... I think the Mariners really, might have the longest playoff drought, though. That would make sense. That would make sense. I don't know what the cap for this Bengals team is, but it's exciting. And uh, Joe Burrow really... And this is a lot of people are saying this, so this isn't an original take, but he really reminds people of Joe Montana. And I see what they're saying. I think he's a, sorry, I think athletes nowadays are better than athletes in the eighties. I know Joe Montana's historical uh, mark on the game. And I know what people think of him and his accolades. Joe Burrow's like a, a, a steroided up version of Joe Montana, better arm, better progressions, um, very accurate. And he's going to be a star. And I think everybody everybody with eyes can see that he's going to be a, a monster in this league for a long time. Him and Herbert are that draft class, you know, two, who knows what happens with Tua, but you know, we, we do these draft classes where it's been like 2004, you had um, Eli rivers and big Ben. This one I think is going to be remembered with Herbert and, and burrow. Those are two guys that are definitive top 10 guys right now to us, you know, not there yet. But uh, he's he's not terrible. He just needs to learn how to throw better at ten yards downfield. But which is a problem. Yeah. But uh, two is okay. So you got. I think this draft class, those two especially, are going to be remembered for a long time, and they're going to be uh, on the. Who is a guy numbers. I could definitely see, uh, definitely being like a top like twelve guy. Like if he hit like his full potential, he could easily be a top twelve guy. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, do you have any takes on this game? Oh, sorry. Uh, the controversy here was since Joe Burrow's rolling out, uh, basically throws, throws a, a touchdown with a foot in the air. The ref blows the whistle when um, like a quarter second before the ball's caught, which by rule is supposed to make the play dead and they have to redo the play because the ball was in the air. They caught the touchdown. They ended up winning the game by seven. So if that call is made correctly, they would replay the replay the down and you never know if they get, you never know if they score that touchdown. So that's a pretty bad missed call. That crew won't be officiating any more playoff games already announced. Uh, they should have been officiating that one. Jerome, uh, uh, Boger, Booger, Jerome. I don't know. I don't want to say, but, but whatever he's, his crew all year was terrible. Okay. And I know this because I'm very keen on the officials and what fouls they call because of how much I hate them. And they, I hate the subjective flag throwing. I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but I hate it. And this crew had no business refing a playoff game. And that's a pretty big miss blowing or just randomly blowing your whistle because you think the guy might've stepped out of bounds when it wasn't even close that ref swallow your whistle. Um, but okay. Anyways, fast forward into the game, Derek Carr leading what could be a game tying drive. Um, 
They get first, and I think from the 12-yard line, clock's running. They have like 30 seconds or something. Derek Carr clocks it. He, he spikes the ball on first down. They had easily enough time to run four plays there. Of course, that bit them in the ass. Second down, boom, incomplete. Third down, incomplete. Fourth down, wide open Darren Waller in the end zone. He throws it in a double coverage, uh, short of the end zone, picked off, game over. And that might end Derek Carr's um, career with the Raiders. Although he says he will only play there, and if he doesn't, he'll retire. I doubt that's true. Uh, what is your thought on the game, first and foremost? Yeah, basically it just came down to the two turnovers. If you just look at like, just the stats, like you would think the Raiders absolutely – were winning would have just won this game they had more more yards per play more rushing yards more passing yards total yards obviously more first downs better on third down more plays uh similar sacks allowed it really just came down to the turnovers the fumbles and the interception the one fumble and the one interception that's basically what screwed them over you can blame it on the rest but those two things don't happen the Raiders probably win that game yeah I agree. This team has going into next year, the Raiders will we'll move on to what's this team do now. This is a fun game. These teams have made of playoffs that actually need to have changes, right? Uh, you could do this with every team in the NFL, but these teams are actually closer to the mountaintop, right? So next year they have 40 million in cap space. Their free agents are nobody that's actually, that's young and pretty good, right? Casey Hayward's probably their best free agent. He's 33. You let him walk. I think Zay Jones, you probably want him back. Depends on the deal. He's only 27. I'd, I'd probably I'd probably try to sign him back. Um, but that's basically it. I'm looking here. Maybe Solomon Thomas. He was he was okay there. Mariota, if you want to keep him as a backup. Deshaun Jackson, etc. But they their core is going to be all back. They're going to have a new coach. I don't think Rich Rich Pisaka stays in place. Uh, Derek Carr's only on a 19 million dollar cap number. That's really really low. Okay, he's going to be 31. He's a good quarterback. You can win with him. I don't think you win because of him. And so he, there's questions if he's going to be there or not. For $19 million, I'm going to tell you right now, it, they will not find a better QB uh, within their cap constraints. Now, they have a lot of money, but they're not going to be in play for any of the big names besides maybe Russell Wilson. And again, everybody throws a name around, Matt Ryan. I think he gets moved. The Falcons seem like they don't want to move him, but I think he will get moved. And if teams want to upgrade their quarterback, I think he upgrades just about any of these teams that need a new QB, right? So this is a question. They're going to get a new coach. They don't really have any terrible glaring needs except for a new defensive coordinator because they run such a vanilla cover three scheme that is so easy to beat if you're a good quarterback, right? We see it whenever Mahomes plays it. We saw Burrow tear it up quite a bit. Gus Bradley doesn't hide what he's doing. The only way cover three works is if you're actually hiding it in different uh, types of schemes, which uh, could be done if you have competent coaching. Now, the Raiders, you know, don't, don't really have that there at the defensive coordinator spot. This team went through a lot of things this year, right? They cut two first-round picks. Um, their coach, uh, Gruden, got fired for his emails and stuff. They... <sighs> A lot of things happened to this team and they still made the playoffs and they beat the Colts and the Chargers to get in here. And the, I think they beat the Browns, but the Browns were kind of hobbled. Um, I don't know. I think you run it back and you just try to improve where you can. You need, you need to probably get a few, uh, few additions to the secondary. That secondary is not very good. 
Um, maybe a true number one receiver, right? I think Z Zay Jones is pretty good, but um, and Renfro is really good, but they're not, you know, outside number one guys. And I think you run it back. What, what say you? Yeah, no, I'd say they're, they're like a team that probably shouldn't have made the playoffs. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see uh, what they do. But I still think if, if next year, if like all the teams, like if you look at teams that got in this year, I would probably say most of the teams should get in besides. So the Steelers probably won't make it next year unless they get grab someone. Um, and then the Raiders probably could still make it again. So Chargers might take the spot, but uh, the AFC, I still think there's other teams that could take their spot as well. So the Raiders are kind of in a weird spot where they could just keep making the playoffs and not really doing much. I don't really know what they add because their team's not super well-rounded. Yeah. I don't know either. It's surprising that they made the, that they made the Super Bowl this year. Um, or not the Super Bowl, sorry, the playoffs. Uh, yeah. David Carr thought they were going to make the, you know, make the, make the Super Bowl, And then uh, Derek Carr would have been the most deserving player for an MVP in the history of the game, but that did oh. not happen. <laughs> uh, okay. Moving on now, the blowouts. So the rest of the, the rest of the games were pretty uh, unspectacular. It was just a lot of teams beating down on their competition. And are we going to start with the game that made me sad? Should we do that one? Yeah. Purple okay. ended off. Okay. Uh, Patriots bills. Jesus Christ. 47, 17. Uh, the stats in this game was uh, we'll do Josh Allen, 21 for 25, 300 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, Singletary, 16 carries, 81 yards, two touchdowns. Josh Allen, six carries, 66 yards. Ooh, God. And then the Patriots side. Mac Jones, 24 for 38, 230 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Neither were his fault. I will defend that forever. Damian Harris did not do well carrying the ball. Ramondre Stevenson did not do well carrying the ball. Kendrick Bourne showed up and played well. Um, and then the defense was just awful. That was the worst defense I've ever seen the Patriots play. It was, might be the worst, might be the best offensive performance of all time. And, and I'm not even joking about that. I think it's it's got to be ranked way at the top. They had the Bills did not punt once. They did not face a fourth down. Uh, their only time they didn't score a touchdown on a drive was the final, the kneel out of, at the end of the game. So they scored a touchdown every single offensive drive. And yeah. um, their only mistake, their only mistake, sorry, I don't know why I pronounce it that way, was they missed two uh, extra points. So it was almost a perfect game. They didn't face a fourth down. And I think they very rarely faced third down. So they were six for seven on third down. Yeah. Did they face a fourth <laughs> down then? Nope, zero fourth of towns they faced. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, so people people go people are doing this thing where it's like, don't they wish they had Brady? I can tell you right now, they could have had a Frankenstein quarterback of Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, throw anybody in that mix, you're not winning this game. Okay, this was not Max's fault. This was not the offensive fault. They could have played better, but it's not. What Buffalo did in this game was was. Like I said, probably the greatest offensive performance in, in NFL history. And if it's not number one, it is top three. I can, I can very assuredly say that, especially on analytic, analytic uh, departments. So uh, this bill seems for real. They actually have not punted against New England since, uh, the, since the last game they played them either. When they, went, when they went to New England and won that game, they didn't punt once in that game either. Belichick really did a bad game plan here, and I don't think a good game plan really does a trick here. The linebackers were so slow. 
Um, that that's the main thing, and they had no pass rush, right? The the secondary played pretty bad too, but it was really linebackers could not keep up with anybody, and there was absolutely no no pass rush. So when that when that combo hits, it's, it's a blowout. So and very very sad defeat. Um, I really feel like the only two Patriots that actually showed up to play was Mac Jones and Kendrick Bourne. They were the only two players that actually uh, that I give that I give props to in this game. It's a sad, sad, probably end of the end of an era for Devin McCourty and uh, Dante Hightower and probably Matthew Slater. I, it sounded like they, maybe McCourty's back, but I think that at least two out of the three are going to retire. Um, but yeah, not that much reaction. I was pretty, I was pretty bummed out, right? I actually, I really believe the Patriots had a shot in that game. We all picked the Patriots to cover that. Uh, it was just a smackdown from the very, very beginning. And some of it, sometimes it happens now. Buffalo's playing Kansas City. That looks like a preview of who's going to represent the AFC in the in the in the Super Bowl. Now, don't miss, don't count out Buff or don't count out uh, Cincinnati or Tennessee because I do believe that whoever wins next week's game and uh, I'm leaning towards the Bills again, uh, they're not going to just beat Tennessee or Cincinnati 47-17. I don't think that that game that they had against the Patriots is replicable. If it is. Then they are the greatest team in the history. Of football. <laughs> They're going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, yes. If they can, if they can continue that that run, so uh, I think that they match up well against the Patriots with what the Patriots had out there. Uh, J.C. Jackson is their only good corner. Jonathan Jones is out for the season, as you know. They didn't have uh, they didn't have Mills in this game, which is a pretty pretty um, not you know he's not a. If they had anybody in this game, it wouldn't have changed anything. But I'm just saying, like there was some there was some missing players on the Patriots that that did affect them negatively um but all credit to the bills congratulations uh this this was a a amazing game by by y'all and uh you know it's it is what it is it's uh i do think the bills playing we are the champions after winning this game and josh allen doing like a, a run around the stadium not the greatest uh foresight going into the future because this is a wild card game and i i think that a lot of people that are bills fans are celebrating this like it's like it's the end of the the Pats dynasty and that this is a new era. But it's like you know I I, I don't put as much stock into that. I think that these two teams are going to be battling it out for the next for years to come. I don't think the Patriots are going anywhere. I think the Bills are great and it is what it is, right? That's how, that's how I look at it. It's a gr- the, what the Bills did yesterday was was unfathomable. I don't think anybody could have predicted that. Anybody could have seen that coming. The offensive performance, and they played great defense too, but the offense especially, just unbelievable. So all credit to the Bills. That game was over in the first quarter. You you knew it right with like what they what they kept doing, and I and I and I had hope. I had the Patriots in a tease plus ten and a half, and honestly, after the first quarter, I was just hoping the tease hit. But then they went down into half 20, 27 to three. Still had a little hope, but uh, what what was hope? Right, it's over. Like that that was it. So it's all good. I um. What did you think of that game outside of the obvious that Jesus yeah, Christ? I watched like a like a 15 minute video from this guy like saying why the Pats lose. And all he really talked about was like crossing routes and how beating how they would just beat up on their <laughs> beat up on the Pats with the crossing routes when mm-hmm. since they love to run man so much. And they did do that a lot, did a lot of slants just to confuse the man. So I thought that worked out really well. I mean, you're you're not gonna win a game when you're giving up almost nine yards per play like they gave up 8.9 yards per play you're gonna lose that game 10 out of 10 times doesn't matter who you're playing 
So, yeah, they're going to look good. I think they match up well against the Chiefs because um, I think the Bills have a better defense than the Chiefs. I think the Mahomes a little better. I think they have the Chiefs have a little better receiving core, but I like the Bills overall and their coaching staff a lot better than Chiefs. Yeah, but. remember, we said this whole year when we were talking shit about the Bills that the Bills built their team to beat this Chiefs team. So now yeah. you get to see if, if uh, you know, <laughs> if it was built correctly. Um, I agree. I, I, I'm leaning towards the Bills here too. And the Chiefs are opened at a two and a half favorite. And I already grabbed the um, the Bills money line. So I've already bet that. <laughs> I do think the Bills win this game. That's my pick. Um, okay. Patriots, what are they going to do? Now, this is probably the place where I have my most expertise because I follow this team very closely. Um, here's their free, here's, uh, their free agency. Okay. They have about 22 million in cap space next year. That's not too much. McCourty free agent, Trent Brown, free agent, Hightower, JC Jackson, um, James White, Brandon Bolden, Nick Folk. And that's pretty much all the, and Hightower, if I didn't say him and Ted Karras, those are the, those are the main guys that you would want back. Oh, excuse me. Jacoby Myers is a restricted free agent as well. I, I think they're going to try to bring him back now. For, for, for certain, they need to bring back J.C. Jackson, and he's going to get a deal that is at the, top of his, um, at the top of his position, right? He deserves it. He's great. I think he's a top five corner. I think he actually is a top two corner. I think it's Jalen Ramsey and him right now and in terms of who I think are the two best cornerbacks in the league. Um, as I said, I think Hightower and McCordy and Slater, two or three, are retiring. You bring back whoever wants. I think they're going to take team-friendly deals. They've been here their whole lives. Um, some cornerstones of this new Patriots defense, right? It's sad when they retire because that it's literally the end of the entire Brady um, time there, right? Those are the, those are the, you know, McCourty and Hightower drafted in the, I think the same draft and you have, um, and they're just great. I love Hightower. I love McCourty. Um, I actually think Devin McCourty should run for Senate or something like no, no joke. He's su- he's such a charismatic and, and re- just a genuinely great person. Uh, and Matthew Slater, I love him too. He, he's the best gunner of all time. And, and probably, yeah, he is. It's not close. Uh, Trent Brown, probably going to walk. Don't have the money. But what the Patriots need to do, and here is, and I've plotted this over the last night, right? It's all I could think about because I'm like, damn, I really wish that this didn't happen. Now, some people think I love Mac Jones too much and I overrate him. I don't think that's the case. If, if people do believe that, that's fine. I think he's a really good quarterback with, that just had a great rookie season with a very bad wide receiver core. So what I would first do is I would contact that team in Atlanta that we keep bringing up and say, Matt Ryan, what's the price? Just kidding. Keep Mac Jones. I would call up Atlanta and say, Calvin Ridley, what's the price? And if it's a third round pick um, or something to that extent or a sign-in trade with Trent Brown or something like that, heartbeat, do it. I would also draft a run, or I would also draft a wide receiver in the first round. If you can get Jamison Williams, who went to Alabama, who's coming off a torn ACL, um, who did not play with Mac Jones, or John Michi, who did play with Mac Jones, that's also coming off a torn ACL. But I think that you should follow the Burrow Chase uh, um, precedent that's now being set, where you bring a guy in that has chemistry already with the quarterback. I think Mac made a, Mac and Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers had great chemistry this year and Hunter Henry, but 
I really think you bolster up that wide receiver side, give him as many weapons as possible, make it easier for him. Right. We see that what just happened in Cincinnati with Burrow. I think there's a lot of uh, parallels there with, with what the Patriots can do with Mac Jones. Now I don't think there's a Jamar chase they can get, but I think Calvin Ridley's really good. And I know that he's available. And I think that one of those receivers in the draft is really good. Help that offense, get Mac uh, some more receiving help. Um, they're going to need to tackle. And they're probably going to need a pass rusher opposite of Judon. And that comes at a premium. So I don't know if they'll have a draft ability to get both a wide receiver and a really good uh, pass rusher. But if they can, I know they can make trades. Belichick's known to wield and deal. Um, those are the two main things. You're going to get Jonathan Jones back. Do not let JC Jackson walk. And you probably need to replace some of the linebackers, which um, that's more affordable. You do that. I think they're going to be right in position to be good next year. And a lot of people are like, wow, they overachieved this year. I would agree they overachieved this year. They underachieved with what I thought they would do, um, but they overachieved with, with what the public thought. And I don't know how you can see this team and not be like, there's a few spots that if they improve, they're going to be contenders again. And that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, they need a true number one on the outside. They don't have that. And that you, you saw throughout the year, they go down two touchdowns. They never came back in any of those games. And I think that people would blame Mac Jones on that. Sure. Give him some blame, but I think that it's hard to really come back from um, large deficits when you don't have somebody you could just say, fuck it. I'm, I'm wheeling it. I'm, I'm launching it out and he can, he can make that catch in contention. Right. And he did that a few times, but when you're throwing it to Nelson Aguilar or Nikhil Harry, uh, mm, you're really throwing, you know, they say 50, 50 balls, but it's really like 30, 70 balls on if they catch that in a one-on-one it's not it's not the greatest so that's my that's my rundown on the pats i don't know if you have anything else you'd like to add you you talk me off talk me off my uh my my uh, my pedestal of thinking that the patriots are going to be great next year sure if you would like but uh, do you have any idea of of what they should do oh final thing final final thing um get that get that uh son of belichick's off the defensive play calling duties okay maybe papa should take back over because i have no clue what steve belichick did in in this game that was different from the game where they also forced zero punts now maybe it's just a bad 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 matchup that's true too but i mean steven belichick come on i would do anything to bring brian, brian flores into the fold if he doesn't get a head coaching job now i don't think he's going to be this isn't a, this isn't an insult i do not think brian flores would humble himself to take a uh, defensive coaching position with the Patriots where he's not going to be in charge. Cause that's Belichick, you know, but, and he's going to have head coaching offers, I think. And if he has a head coaching job, you take that over a coordinator job, unless you um, are Josh McDaniels, who I guess doesn't want the head coaching job because he's the heir apparent to the Patriots. So I saw somebody post something that they should fire Belichick and bring Flores back. Come on. So let's simmer down a bit. <laughs> And I, and I am the most overreactionary with Belichick where I'm like, he needs to go. Not really. Just get it together, Bill. That was just a terrible game plan. Okay, that's it for that. Steve, you have anything to say? I'll shut up. Uh, no, I think you had a, a great, great point about the Pats and you. They're your team, so. <laughs> Comprehensive. How about that? I thought that all up after the game. I was just, I was going through player by player and I was like, stay, stay, get the fuck out of here. Stay, stay. Get the fuck out of my team. And also, I want to just say this. Matthew Slater will not make the Hall of Fame. Um, I think if we're going to do the Hall of Fame, it should be position by position. So I think Devin Hester should be in. I think people like Vinatieri and Justin Tucker should be in. And I think um, Matthew Slater should be in. He's been an all-pro special teams player for most of his career. 
Um, he won't make it, I don't think, because it's like you're not really, you, you know, you're, you're the least important position probably and in terms of what people would consider. But the thing, but he was a leader in the locker room and it seems like he's going to retire. I hope he stays as a coach because I love Matthew Slater, one of the most unspoken, unsung uh, players of the last 15 or 12, 15 years on this roster. Thank you, Matthew Slater, if it is it. Now, McCordy and Hightower, they actually have cases that they might make the Hall of Fame. I think McCordy definitely will. Okay, moving on to, to happier times. <laughs> um, do you want to do – do we only have one game left? Yeah, we only yeah, have one game. Okay, okay yeah. One, yeah. Bucks-Eagles, boom. Um, so I'm going to preface this by saying how last week when I – had my worst gambling day of my life because I mismanaged my bankroll and put everything I had on Bayern Munich to win against the 14th uh, team in the league table. Uh, Borussia Magdeburg, or whatever they're pronounced, sauerkrauts. Um, and I lost it all. And I said, I will never do that again. Well, I did it again. I did it on Tampa this week. And that will be the final time because I love Tampa at their number. I love them in every tease. And uh, thankfully... I had a very good gambling week outside of the Patriots loss. And, oh, I had two losses, actually, in the last few days. I bet the Lakers' money line yesterday. They lost by 40. So the Lakers are now blacklisted as well until Anthony Davis gets back and I see something out of them because that is a disgusting team. Sorry for the aside. Tampa won this game 31-15. Um, realistically, it could have been a 31-0 for, for non-betting purposes, right? Some people had the over and stuff, so they're happy with the 15. But uh, this was just a total domination. I'd say close to, but not as uh, as amazingly done as the Bills did to the Patriots. This game was pretty much over from the first quarter. Um, Jalen Hurts did what he normally does at the end of games, which is why he was a good fantasy quarterback. He puts up stats in garbage time. Uh, but the the Bucks looked great here, and I actually I told Steve this before before we recorded. I hit um, a seven leg same game parlay. Uh, Tampa raced to 10 points, Tom Brady over 254 passing yards, Mike Evans anytime touchdown, Tampa Bay to win by three and a half, 10 plus yards, Cameron Bray, Tampa minus half a point first quarter and Tampa deleted the half. And that hit that paid out at a uh, plus 625 odds. I almost put Gronk in there too. I should have, but enough boasting about my gambling wins because uh, last week was terrible. So I'm basically back to even over the last two weeks is what is what it ended up happening. So uh you got to battle back. You got to battle back. Uh, here's what I saw in this game. You know, a lot of people kind of were worried about this Bucks team with the injuries. They got banged up a little more. Tristan Wirfs got hurt. Uh, thankfully, it seemed like just a sprained ankle. He came back in. He could not play well. He gave up a sack immediately when he came back in. He is the best right tackle in football. Uh, I think he will play next week. I'd be, yeah, he, he came back in. He'll play next week, but uh, hopefully it's 100% because that is a, a truly terrible loss if they don't have that offensive line health, because that's the only place where they've been healthy all season. And um, that's the most important thing for Brady's success is keeping a healthy offensive line. And they're going to be playing either the Rams or the Cardinals. And if they play the Rams or the Cardinals, actually, they both have really good pass rushes. So starting off here, Brady 29 for 37, 270 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn, pretty good carrying the ball. Um, had some big runs in the beginning. Mike Evans, uh, 
great game as usual. Gronk, good game. Bernard, good in the passing game. It was pretty much, and then the defense. The defense, you know, this defense reminded me of last year's uh, playoff defense. Did you, yeah. did you get that feeling too, kind of? Like they turned yeah, I got it that on. kind of vibe. Yeah. <laughs> and it was very impressive because they sucked for much of this regular season, especially on third down. They got the first third down stop and they just had momentum. And it's a defense that runs off momentum. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to even really look at, um, I'm not really even going to look at the Eagles stats here. It's kind of, it's kind of fugazi. Um, the Bucks, though, again, s- similar to the Chiefs. And what we, what we said is, you know, uh, they were playing vastly um, bad opponents compared to, you know, some of the other games. So it's really not worth talking about that much. The Bucks take, take, or took care of business. Tom Brady's playoff stats, uh, we can go over them. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll go over them in the, in the prediction episode. Uh, they're just absurd. And, you know, a lot of people think records are made to be broken. I will, I will die without his playoff records being broken. That's almost certain. Okay. So uh, it's unbelievable what he's done in the playoffs. He's played 48 playoff games. Okay. That's a joke. Uh, the Eagles. Anything you, oh, sorry, anything you want to say about this? No, this, this is probably my least favorite game of the whole day. <laughs> my favorite game because uh, Tom Brady in the playoffs. You don't know how many of these are going to get left, you know? And that's that's where it's like you have to appreciate it is how I look at it. It brings me great joy. Um, okay. The Eagles, what are they going to do going forward? They were, I think, they were a team that beat nobody. They beat zero good teams to make the playoffs. They beat who was on their on their schedule, which is that's all you can do. But uh, let's see here. Who do they have for free agents? They have a they have only 13. Sorry, they have 13 million in cap space. That's not good. Uh, they have th- these are their free agents. Jason Kelsey, who is a career who had a terrible game today, might I add. A lot of holding calls, and they were pretty, ob- they were pretty obvious, too. Uh, Rodney McLeod, Anthony Harris, Derek Barnett. Um, a few, yeah, not, not too many impact guys, honestly, but they don't have much room to, room to work. Now, here's what they do have. Three first-round draft picks, okay? And they... I don't know. I'm not, I'm not super in tune with, uh, with what they should do. Now I will say this, they totally, they made one of the biggest mistakes in modern draft history, drafting uh, Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson, one pick before Justin Jefferson was taken. Uh, and that's un- that, you know, you can't really come back from that easily. They had to double dip and draft Devonte Smith, who was a pretty good rookie this year. Um, but again, probably not better than Waddle or chase. And I feel like they should have really tried to get one of those guys, you know, they yeah. got the third out of the third. So, uh, okay. But QB that's, that's what people are going to discuss. I actually think they should have brought in Gardner Minshew during this game. Uh, that's how bad Jalen hurts looked for most of it. The thing is about Jalen hurts is everybody likes him. He seems like a really good locker room guy. He's just not that good at quarterback. And I don't know how long you're going to want to wait for him to improve, but he shows the, he's, he shows the same problems that people like Tim Tebow or Colt McCoy showed in, showed in the NFL, which is they are so good in college because they, they are so much better than everybody in college, but the NFL is just too fast for them. And in terms, in terms of reading defenses, 
And it looks like Jalen Hurts is just in that same predicament. Now, he's got a long career ahead of him because he's very athletic. Uh, and he's not like, I'm not, he's better than Tebow. Okay. I'm not, I'm not saying that. And he's better than Colt McCoy. But I just don't think he has a, I just don't think he's a starter. And you're kind of capped your ceiling with, with him as your starter. This is a team that can play from behind because of how reliant they are on running the ball. And as that clock ticks, they lose opportunity. So I think they should make a move at quarterback. They have all the necessary resources, um, except for money, but that can, that, you know, the salary cap. I don't even know why I bring up the cap numbers. It's all a myth, right? They can restructure, cut, get, you do anything, right? We see that with what the Saints have done. But, yeah. but, uh, even the Bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, by the way, the Bucks, I don't know what their cap situation is like. It probably is terrible next year. I promise you, uh, it'll be fine. And they're going to have money somehow. Yeah. They have, oh, no. Guess what? They have going into next year. 38 million in cap space. And that's without, um, this is who they have as free agents. Fournette, Gronk, Vita, or Vitave signed again. Chris Godwin, Carlton Davis, and Brady. Okay, those are the, and JPP, but I think he's probably gone. Um, go, just watch, okay? Just watch. Brady might play for a dollar, okay? He's just doing it for the love of the game at this point. But yeah, the cap space isn't that big a deal. But um, anyways, they don't have too much of it right now. They can obviously arrange that. I, I'm not doing the the math on how. Um, yeah. They, they, okay. Yeah. I'm just. I'm looking at it right now. You can easily cut some people out and and have cap space. So it's not going to be that detrimental. They need a QB. Is my my only takeaway. And I, I it's probably not Minshew. Although I think Minshew actually deserves a, a chance to battle for a spot somewhere, uh, anywhere. Right. The, without a without an established QB, bring him into. Um, Gosh, I don't want to. I was going to say Chicago, but they're not going to do that with Fields, right? Yeah. <laughs> but bring them, bring them in somewhere. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, bring them in. Draft a rookie. If you don't get the veteran guy, bring in Minshew. Have him compete with the rookie. If the if uh, if Kenny Pick or is it Kenny Pickett? If he's not ready, um, yeah, start Minshew. I think that I think Minshew would be a lot better than Big Ben. I'm surprised they didn't go after him. But yes, I don't know what the Eagles do. My only, my only, um my only inkling is to say they should probably move on from Hertz. And I think Hertz will have a long career in the NFL, but I do not think he is uh, cut out to be a franchise guy. What about you? No, I, he hasn't shown anything, but also I think some quarterbacks take a bit longer to develop. So we'll have to wait and see, but I, they're probably not going to get True. anyone better at first. So they might as well just keep him now and see what he can do. But I, I think some, it would, some of the NFL though still is like they they still give them too much time to try to develop. Yeah, the, exactly. I agree with that. Although, in the same vein, right? Like a lot of this is the thing where I saw yesterday about Mac Jones. A lot of people were like, "You know what you got with Mac Jones? There's no way he grows." It's like, how can you say that? He had a better rookie that year than a lot of people did, and he especially the guy he just played Josh Allen stunk his first couple of years. It was terrible. And now Josh Allen is looking like um, a top five guy. Right. So, I mean, I, I agree. I think that, I think there's a fine, fine line. My problem with Hertz, he's showing no development from last year to this year. He still has the, the same issues where I don't think it's actually a terrible thing. Some of the times when he does it, but he's very um, conservative with, with willing to just, air it out and he doesn't want to throw picks which is fine right i don't think that's a bad bad quality it's good to be safe with the ball but um 
he misses some wide open guys really, really easily because he's a really one breed guy. And um, maybe he gets better at that. That's not, that's not something that can't be taught or can't be learned, but, or developed. But from right now, I mean, this is a team that they're a playoff team, right? You, you, you want to hopefully get back in this position next year and not be embarrassed. And so, and I don't know the Here's the deal. I don't want to just say it's Jalen Hurts' fault because he didn't play good, but they gave up 30 points, right? Jalen Rager muffed a punt. The defense has no speed in the linebackers, similar to what the Patriots had. It's just Brady, you knew coming into this game, one of my favorite bets was Bucks over 28 and a half team total. They almost hit that the first time they played, but they knelt the ball out instead of scoring the touchdown at the end. I like that because I know that outside of Darius Slay, I don't like anybody in on that Bucks de- or uh, sorry on the Eagles defense, and they don't have a pass rush, and the linebackers are slow. So the middle of the field is going to get carved up, and I thought they'd score points, which thankfully thankfully that hit. But um, they they have a lot more problems than the QB. I'm just saying I think the QB is the easiest to address, especially in an offseason like this. But they can run it back with Hurts. But if you run it back with Hurts, your defense has to be stout. Then it can't be it can't be this it can't be a defense that just lets every single good quarterback walk all over them. You know, that's, how, that's my yeah, takeaway. And it, and it really does. So it doesn't even help <laughs> Jalen hurts whatsoever because he's not going to put up, he's not one of those like top, you know, those five quarterbacks yeah. who can, you can duel with and you can come back in any game. He's yeah. I, there's only five of them really. So I don't think, he, and you don't have that in him. So. Exactly. I think he's a limited passer, but I think you can, I think you can win with him. And so I, I might be a little too hard on him. But my, my takeaway is you have to do one of the two. You either need a guy that can be that or you need a defense that can do that. And, yeah. um, and I there mean, might not even be five of them, <laughs> like yeah, five exactly. quarterbacks that can do that. Exactly. I can so, only think of four actually top of my head. Yeah, I would say, I would say yeah, it's, it's very – it's rare error. But personally, um, you know, this team sold out everything for that Super Bowl. They were in cap hell for the last few years. And, you know, it is what it is. Making the playoffs this year is a super success. Even though they didn't beat anybody to get there, they still won the games on their schedule to make it. And, you know, I think we all, I'm pretty, I can, I can, I'm going to look this up real quick. I think we probably all took the Eels under. Okay. I'm just going, going out on a limb there because you were supposed to do a review. I think I said, I think most, most, most fan bases too would probably would take the one Super Bowl and mediocre for most of the years. Anybody that says they won in his line. Okay. We all picked the, the, Eagles over under coming into this year was six and a half. Okay. They're projected to be last place in their division. I said five and 12. Benny said six and 11 and you said four and 13. So yeah, we, we all, they overachieve, right. Comparatively to what we, to what everybody thought, um, come uh, like betters in Vegas thought, but, uh, it's, it is, you know, and we'll be, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Did I say, did I get any of these crazy ones? Houston Texans. I said zero and 17. Said Jacksonville six and eleven. The under the over under was six and a half. So we actually all got that right, but uh, we were off a bit. Lions, I said five. Yeah, yeah. I said Man Campbell. I said he's going to come in and do do something good there. I was wrong. I think he, actually, he they should have won five games. They should have won. They should have won more games. I think I think he did come in and do something. I think it just doesn't show. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well that's enough football. We have one game tomorrow. Um, you still feeling Rams? uh yeah i meant to say with that yeah i think so too i uh sometimes i pick some wonky stuff just to pick it but i i think i'm confident with the rams i'm worried that they don't have either starting safety and eric eric weddle is going to be i 
I don't know if he's going to suit up, but he hasn't played all year. He's really old. He's, you know, 37. Um, Not- but I don't, I, I think they still win. I think McVay is a lot better than Kingsbury. If you're the Bucks, who do you want to play? Rams or Cardinals? Cardinals, oh. right? Yeah, right now. Yeah, Cardinals. Yeah, okay. That's kind of where I'm leaning. So I'm going to root for the Cardinals, but I have money on, uh, I don't know. I don't, I didn't, I bet the over here, but I, I, I would prefer, I probably prefer the Cardinals, I think. Uh, although I'm not too, I'm not too scared of either of these teams in, in all honesty. Although the Rams beat the Bucks earlier this year and you yeah. just don't know what you're getting with Stafford late in the season. That's the whole problem, right? I, I think you, I think even if all both these teams are 100% healthy, I still think you want the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm right there with you. Um, final thing non football. Did you see Djokovic got deported? Oh, yeah, she finally got deported. How is that not a bigger story? The, the number one um, tennis player in the world and probably the best ever. I, and I'm never going to, I'm never going to actually admit that. I still say it's Federer. You pick your, you pick of your leader, right? You got Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic. Djokovic has been the best over the last three years for sure. Um, won three out of four Grand Slams last year, world number one, had one of his best seasons to date, uh, got deported a day before the, the Australian Open's going on right now. He got deported from Australia a day before one of the Grand Slam starts. He's at 20 Grand Slams. The record is 20. He's tied with Federer and Nadal. This is his best tournament. He's won it nine times. Uh, nine out of his 20 are at the Aussie Open. And he gets deported one day before. Nobody is really talking about that. I think it's pretty huge news. I'm happy he's deported. You can look into it if you want to re- find the reasons why. I think he shouldn't have came in the first place with, uh, with, what he, with, with how he handled things not going to really get into that i just think it's not a big enough story that one of the top international athletes is was just (laughs) deported from a country the day uh, a major tournament started the day before a major tournament started and i think i just wanted to touch on that because i feel like everybody that's listening to this i doubt much of you many of you watch tennis but please give tennis a chance give it a fair shake especially gambling wise it's so fun to gamble on and the australian open goes from 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to 5 a.m. So you can watch it all night. You can gamble all night. I'm trying to get people into tennis. I love tennis. One of the best sports in uh, man- mankind. Mm-hmm. What do you feel about that? How do you feel that that Djokovic got deported? Isn't that wild? Yeah, I've been following the story. I didn't know he got uh, like officially deported though. Yeah, last night they uh, they officially yeah. revoked his visa, and now he's now he's um, could be banned for three years. Which, if that's the case, he'll never play a tournament again. And honestly, I don't think it's it's a prestigious tournament. It's one of the big four. I he will come back, but if I was him, I probably wouldn't because people in Australia are not really big fans of him right now. They never have been, even though he's by far the best player in like he's that tournament's champion, similar to how the French Open's Nadal and Wimbledon's Federer. But nobody likes Djokovic. He's just a dick. And I don't like Djokovic either. And I'm, I'm happy that he's not going to be in this tournament. My, my money is on Sasha Zverev to win his first Grand Slam. I think it's him or Medvedev. And now Zverev has a pretty easy road to the finals because he was on Djokovic's side of the semi. So I'll take care of business, uh, Sasha, and uh, let's go. I'm happy for that. I'm, I'm excited to see this. I love tennis, and I'm happy it's back. It's one of my favorite sports. It's probably my second favorite sport after football. Ah, NBA playoffs. I really like soccer too. And ba- I like everything. What can I say? But I yeah, do like tennis. So I think baseball's my favorite. Wow. 
hot air. Okay, Steve, thank you for being a soldier and doing this podcast. Uh, hopefully we have Benny back from rehab on um, our next recording date. Yeah. Uh, we will yeah, Tuesday night. <laughs> we will put it out Thursday. We will know the outcome of the Rams uh, Cardinals game before we record that. And we are headed into the divisional weekend. Uh, Tom Brady's still alive. The best weekend of football. Yep. Tom Brady's still alive. There's some good quarterbacks going next week. I can't wait. Okay. Thank you, Steve. Week. Oui.